0: This episode of FileMaker Talk is sponsored by FM Pro Host, professional, fast, and reliable FileMaker Pro database hosting since 1998, available online at FileMakerHosting.com. Welcome to FileMaker Talk. This is Matt Navarre. Today we have a special guest. We have Bob Cusick, one of the four core founders of Servoy. So Bob was involved as a FileMaker developer for about 12 years and was the founding editor of Advisor Magazine, FileMaker Advisor Magazine, and one of the very first members of the CSA, which was the Claris Solutions Alliance, which was before the FSA, and which is now the FBA. As one of the four co-founders of Servoy, they shipped a database product in 2003. Now at version 4.1, it's an entirely standards-based database with SQL backend and a standards-based front end. So welcome to the show, Bob. Hey,
1: man, thanks so much for having me on. I really appreciate it.
0: So before we dive into the interview, you had a pretty cool um, – it's not FileMaker. Of course, you know, Savoy is not FileMaker, but you had a conferencing system you wanted to talk
1: about. Yeah, right. I um, I just found this online. It's called dimdim, dot com, and it's a really great conferencing, online conferencing, you have know, whiteboarding, document sharing, screen sharing, um, and it's really full-featured. It's sort of like Yugma or a GoToMeeting. Except the pricing was really attractive. It's free for up to 20 um, people in a meeting. And then it's only like 99 bucks a year for up to 100 people in a meeting. So in these days, travel budgets are being cut all over the place, and it makes a lot of sense to do stuff online. And this might be one tool that your listeners can get into.
0: Yeah. I've used Yugma. I've also used, or I call it Yugma. I don't know. It's kind of a weird name. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. Uh, Adobe Connect is another pretty good one, but you're right. They are kind of expensive. Go to meetings, pretty expensive, but yeah, they're they're pretty cool. I hadn't heard of DimDim, so I'm going to check that out.
1: Definitely check it out. It's well worth your time. I just started playing around with it uh, about two weeks ago, and I found it to be really compatible. Mac, Windows, Linux, pretty good. Pretty good for free. You can't beat it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I think Yugma, Yugma is free for two users or a small number, and Adobe Connect. I think you can get like a thirty-day demo version of it, but I think you have to pay for anything beyond that.
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's you know basically standard with all of the online players. I've, I've used WebEx and Go to meeting uh, quite a bit, and uh, but they're they're kind of spendy.
0: Yeah, WebEx is really expensive. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're the granddaddy, but uh I guess you pay for the longevity.
0: Yeah, maybe. They also have about the worst Mac support in my opinion.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean that's the other issue. With with most of these companies the Mac support's a kind of a Me Too sort of feature instead of a, you know, primary operating system. Yeah. And and I found that with, you know, Dim Dim that they've really you know, treated the Mac as an equal citizen.
0: That's good. Like with the current version of GoToMeeting, if you have a Mac, you can't actually host the meeting. You can only attend it, which is yeah. lame.
1: Yeah, they just actually just recently changed that. So the Mac can be actually the host now. Oh, that's good. Um, um, and they've also added the um, the VoIP options as well. So you can do voiceover IP just by clicking a button there, and it will use your headset or your webcam microphone to uh, to connect to the meeting.
0: Cool. So let's dive into the interview.
1: So what exactly is Servoy? Great question. Servoy is a, is a standards-based development and deployment environment that lets you build graphical user interfaces into SQL backends. Really, it's nothing more than that. It's a GUI builder it makes it easy for you to build user interfaces very much in the same sort of paradigm that you would in FileMaker, um, but it allows you to hook directly into the SQL backend with no coding. So there's no SQL statements to write, no, none of that. All that all that stuff is handled automatically by Savoy.
0: Cool. So a lot of FileMaker developers believe some things that are untrue about Savoy.
1: I think that a lot of misconceptions are that there's a war between FileMaker and Servoy or that if they choose to do some projects in Servoy, you know, they have to give up everything they've done in FileMaker and and really that's just not the case. It's really important to choose the right tool for the job and in many cases for FileMaker developers, um, FileMaker is the right tool. It's very fast to build stuff in. There's some deployment issues, but you know, if you've been using it for a long time, It just feels natural. When switching to anything else, be it Savoy or Ruby on Rails or PHP or whatever, Mm -hmm. there's always a big learning curve and there's always some kind of fear factor. But I think that if FileMaker developers take a look at what's happening with Savoy and the fact that you can literally just drag a field on and you can literally just do a find, add records, delete records, it has auto-save features just like FileMaker, data broadcasting just like FileMaker. So there's a lot of things that will feel the same. Mm -hmm. And then where it kind of diverges is we had the luxury of building this product from the ground up. So it has all kinds of event handling. There's events on everything. Uh, When you change records, when you open a form, close a form, start editing, stop editing – you know, when you enter a field, leave a field, change data, all of those kinds of things were built in from version 1.0.
0: Right. Whereas up to this point, uh, events have always have to, had to be done with a plug with FileMaker.
1: The other thing about Savoy is that we try very hard to do things easily by default but not sacrifice the power. But you usually have to make a choice between a product that's easy to use and a product that gives you power as a developer, right, so what we've tried to do in Savoy is we try to make it easy by default, but never restrict your access as a professional developer to get down and dirty as far as you want to go.
0: That's the magic right there.:
1: Yes, that is the magic, and it's all about getting your work done. I know that in uh, Filemaker. Really, uh, because of ScriptMaker and the way that it's architected and now table occurrences and all of those kinds of things, there's really only a few ways to get something done. right? So because you have to work within the framework and you're really kind of restricted as to what you can do, you really have to be creative on coming out with the right script steps in the right order, with the right table occurrences, to get something done.
0: Mm-hmm. There is some of that for sure compared to like a real development environment like, you know, C++ or or even more of an interpreted type of a tool like Ruby or Savoy, right? Which offer a lot more capability with a uh, the the trade-off being a steeper learning curve.
1: That's arguable. I think that's another probably misconception. Okay. Because the fact yes you do write code in survival, instead of moving over script steps, mm-hmm. the perception is, oh, gee, this is hard. And so what I've actually found to be the case is it's actually the opposite because it frees you up from having to think only one-dimensionally, like which script steps in which order. You can now actually have the power to code things. And I, I, I talk to FileMaker developers all the time, and I say, do you write calculations? And I say, are you kidding? Of course we write calculations. Uh, and then I asked them, Do you write custom functions in FileMaker Advanced? And they're mm-hmm. like, Yeah, we write custom functions. I'm like, well, welcome to programming. You know? Yeah. That's that's the only knowledge that you need to know. Yes, there's an if structure. Yes, you gotta use curly brackets. But after you do it past the first five minutes, mm-hmm. then it's a done deal. And there's usually twenty or thirty or forty different ways to achieve the same goal in code versus one kind of Magical combination of script steps that will get you there.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I see it quite the same way, (laughs) but there definitely is a much more restricted set. Of course, these days, I mean, you can do, you can use let functions, and you can use WebViewer to do a lot of actual real programming, and then other plugins like uh, for PHP code and Java code, like uh, like the 360 Works plugins. But but that's a different kind of a layer. It's not really part of the core engine.
1: Exactly right. And the the other part, let's not forget, is the database. Right. Um, and with Savoy, we decided that we don't want to be a database company ever and that there's a lot of fantastic SQL databases that are out there. Even at the time that we launched in 2003 – there was tons of freely available, low-cost, high-power, industrial enterprise-strength SQL databases on the market, mm-hmm. and there was no way that we were going to actually build our own engine or have our own proprietary scripting language. Right. We are all standards-based. So you can, you can literally build a project using MySQL on a Mac, and you can deploy it to a Linux Oracle box at your customer site Zero code changes.
0: Wow. So I guess one of the big themes is tools that you have in your bag, right? The larger FileMaker developers, the more serious developers, have sort of evolved having more tricks in their bag as they grow as companies. And I kind of think Survoy should be one of those tools. What do you think the best path is for a current FileMaker developer to learn more about Savoy?
1: Thank you. That's a great question. Well, first of all, we have a free community edition, that gives you the development environment, the application server, and five concurrent clients for free. So the best way to get started with Servoy is to get started with Servoy. We also have about 70 flash tutorials online um, that will walk you through every step. We also have an online forum that's available 24 hours a day. And there's lots of um, current and former FileMaker people on that list. And they'll tell you what their experiences are. If you're having a problem with something or don't understand, you can post a question. And you, and you usually get an answer back within two or three hours. So the
0: pricing model, FileMaker, everyone knows, you buy copies of FileMaker Pro for every user. There's no networkable runtime. And then you buy FileMaker Advanced for 500 bucks for the de- people who are developing. And then FileMaker Server for $1,000 or $2,500 for the back end. What are the pricing models for Savoy?
1: Excellent question. So... For the development environment, as long as your product is free, our stuff is free, right? Up to five concurrent users. Past that, if you make commercial applications or you build stuff for customers, our developer is eight forty nine and then our per concurrent client is well, it starts at three forty nine and goes down in volume. Okay. But it's not per seat, it's per concurrent user. So, if you have 50 people at your customer site and 10 of them are online at the same time, then you need 10 licenses, not 50.
0: Right. So, it's licensed kind of like Citrix and not like FileMaker because FileMaker licenses by total possible number of users, total people with the application installed.
1: That's correct. And then, talking about pricing, so, I mean, we have an application server that's based on Apache Tomcat that is free with a client purchase. We also include SQL Anywhere or SQL Anywhere by Sybase at no additional charge. So you're getting an enterprise SQL database and the license to do that also for free.
0: So is Savoy competing at the same project level as FileMaker? It seems like it's really more in the .NET and SQL Server and Oracle space.
1: I would say that that's true. I would say probably in the earlier days, you could make an argument that the tool is a FileMaker replacement. I think now that um, both FileMaker and Servoy have have grown off in sort of different directions mm-hmm. and that um, if you're doing anything with SQL uh, other than a simple lookup or simple posting, then you really should take a look at Servoy. You should really take a serious look at it because it's easy to use, it's powerful, it costs less, and... It's much more flexible right out of the box
0: than like developing in .NET. You mean?
1: Well, then developing in .NET, then developing in Java, then developing in uh, FileMaker, then developing in Access, Delphi. Pick one.
0: Not DB2 though. DB2 is easier though, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Or um, Oracle Forms, right? That'll be a very easy transition for you to make.
0: I don't even know what Oracle Forms are.
1: <laughs> Believe me, you probably don't want to know either.
0: <laughs> there's a lot of such big players out there at the other end of the spectrum, you know.
1: Well, and there's new players coming in all the time. You have pure online plays like Force.com. You have, um, you know, Ruby-based stuff. You have Google mm-hmm. Gears. You've got F- Flex and Flash. you got Silverlight. Mm-hmm. you got Pick a Platform. Right. right. Well, so... The interesting thing about Savoy is the deployment model. Now, this is where things really get interesting. So the deployment model for Savoy is you can go ahead and build your solution. Once you've built your solution, you can then either use traditional client server, so you would go to a web page, and we have what's called a zero deployment client. We use a technology called Java Web Start. So what happens is the first time somebody launches your LAN application, They go to a browser, they type in the IP address of the server, and they click a button, and it brings down about a 4-meg Java client Mm -hmm. to their local machine. And it creates a desktop shortcut for them, just like a normal application would.
0: So this is a very familiar experience to people who administer Mm -hmm. FileMaker Server 9. That's right. Which uses a Java Web Start.
1: Exactly right. It's the same technology. So, So when you click on the Java Web Start client to launch this, we call it a Smart Client. Okay, That's the native client, Mac, Windows, Linux, and Solaris. Mm-hmm. So when you launch this client, up, what it does, it actually checks with the server and says, hey, is there a new version? And if there's not, it just continues to launch. If there is a new version, then it will download, configure, install, and continue to launch. So you never have to update anything anywhere except your application server. And you can update your application server while it's running from a command line, from an installer. There's a number of different ways you can do it. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this whole thing of syncing up server versions and client versions, because you're not really installing the full app at the client side, and the client side application is very, very lightweight. It basically just renders the UI.
0: Right. It doesn't do any of the local processing. So if you've got a really slow client machine and you're doing a gigantic search or sort or something really processor-intensive, that all happens at the server end.
1: That's right, because it's all SQL. So what happens is when you say, okay, I'm on a client, do a find, type in the fields, hit enter, basically what's happening is our app server then will form a SQL statement. Based on that, find the SQL results and kick the primary key IDs back to the client. So that's it. So you have very, very low network latency. Mm -hmm. So it is possible to run a native client or a smart client on your machine from California when your server's in New York or even London. I mean, we do it every day. We drink our own champagne, as we say here Mm -hmm. at Savoy. Our headquarters are just outside of Amsterdam, and I'm in Southern California, and all of our internal systems are built in Savoy. So... I have to deal with a server that's in Amsterdam. I have 32 network hops between my office and that server each Mm -hmm. way. And so the network latency is very, very low. Otherwise, I (laughs) I would be screaming my head off and wouldn't use it.
0: Right. In the FileMaker world, to solve that particular problem, usually you would resort to Citrix or Terminal Server or something like that, which actually ends up looking like a similar sort of a deployment model, although you have... Arguably, some more complexity at the back end because you have a FileMaker server and a Citrix server communicating with each other. But then the client never has to actually load FileMaker; they can do they can you know access everything very lightweight over the internet.
1: That's right. So, so my question is, why do you need that whole other working layer? Why do you need you know maximum fifty you know concurrent Mm -hmm. users per server and pay either terminal services or the Citrix license? Mm
0: to do that. Well the traditional argument would be cost of development much lower with FileMaker.
1: Ah. Uh, well, now we're getting fun. <laughs>
0: I'm not trying to I'm not trying to argue we have we actually had thought about having a debate FileMaker versus Savoy. It's not really no, no, exactly it's not appropriate. Yeah.
1: It's not a debate. No, I mean <laughs> yes of course that's how it goes, right? Because if you know FileMaker, you, your choices are limited to how you're gonna do the deployment because of the architecture of the product, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you have terminal services and, you're, and you are using Citrix, you can use Servoy. Mm-hmm. If you don't have them, you can also use Servoy. But that's only one way to deploy your applications. The second way to deploy your applications is straight in a browser. Mm-hmm. What we do is we take all of that object information and turn it into straight HTML and CSS with the very lightweight AJAX framework built in. So everything that you make happen on your rich client or your smart client happens in the browser with no code from on your point at all. It just works. So, for example, if you had a business rule that uh, says, all right, if the if the value in the field city changes to London, mm-hmm. make the background of the field yellow. All right, so you add the three lines of code that that takes to do in Savoy, and it will work simultaneously at the same time in the browser and in the smart client the same way cool and we take it even a step further so data broadcasting is a great feature of filemaker so that everyone has the same version of the truth at all times right, right? it actually pushes it out right so exactly yeah. it broadcasts it to each individual user so if you're looking at if two people are looking at the same record one of them changes the phone number the other p- person sees it mm-hmm. and that's that's awesome well we have exactly the same kind of mechanism our smart client, but we also have it in the browser as well. So we have browser-to-browser data broadcasting, and we have LAN-to-browser data broadcasting, and browser-to-LAN data broadcasting. So even if you have a web user using an application and you have somebody on your LAN back in the home office, boom, they can see the change both ways live.
0: Cool. Actually, that feature in FileMaker seems to not be as fast as it used to be in past versions. I think they've sort of changed the priority of of pushing out the data. So sometimes it'll take a minute or even longer when you make a change for some other user who's sitting looking at that record to get updated.
1: Right. It's rarely, right. A,
0: rarely a problem, though, but it sometimes is.
1: What's very interesting about servo, I mean, like I said, so by default we make everything easy, but we don't limit your power. So you can actually go into the server settings and change how frequently that that push happens or turn it off altogether.
0: Hmm. And turning it off would probably boost performance a little bit, a little bit less network traffic, I guess.
1: There's very, very low overhead. The other thing that's interesting about it is because we use SQL databases with the application server, which is also very, very lightweight, right, because it's not doing anything other than keeping track of the client state, it keeps track of um, of who's logged on, and it talks to the SQL database directly. So there's no drivers you have to put on the client. There's nothing because the server is a central hub. Well, because of that architecture, it's extremely scalable and it's extremely fast. right? So the application server can live comfortably on another box that, that does other stuff. It mm-hmm. doesn't have to have a dedicated box, for example. Okay, You can... Place the database and the app server there. And if you had something like, say, just a standard machine, let's take a um, single processor, dual core, 4 gigs of RAM, you can easily serve 250 concurrent users off of that box with the database on the box. Hmm. Okay. Back to our data broadcasting example, too, because we use standard SQL databases. You can use whatever you want. You don't have to use the SQL Anywhere database that we ship with it, but you Mm -hmm. can. So the interesting thing is that regardless of the back-end database, if your solution, let's say, talks to customers' orders and order details, and you're working on the local area network, and let's say that you built another solution for a different part of the business that also references that same customer's table. Mm-hmm. Even though they're two separate applications, that data broadcasting still happens live, because the app server keeps track of which primary key which user is looking at from which table, regardless of what the application is. And it will still do data broadcasting. So you can be in completely different applications referencing the same data, and it will do the broadcasting for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. The other interesting thing about Savoy is that we, we also do a a cross database join for you. So you can have some data from MySQL, some data from Oracle, and it all can be on the same screen at the same time with no programming.
0: Wow, that's cool. I mean, FileMaker gives you that with ESS, but it's not the same. I'm sure you're going to tell me it's not the same thing. <laughs> I think I'd easily believe it, but
1: Well, I mean, you can you can do it. It's it's technically possible. FileMaker gives you a lot of ways to do things that are technically possible to do. So, yeah, there's, there's probably a way. As most FileMaker developers that I know, where there's a will, there's a way. Mm-hmm. Whether it's the most optimized way to give you the best performance, maybe, maybe not. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, you're taking a proprietary database and you're linking it to an external, like, SQL source, for example, mm-hmm. through shadow tables. It's good, and it's fast if you're doing basic stuff. And and if that's all you need, then it's a great answer. It is the best answer for you if you already know FileMaker and you only do occasional Mm SQL, then, yeah, it's right on. But if you need something more, or if you have deployment problems, scalability problems, and you don't want to learn PHP to bring stuff to the web, or you don't want to mess around with XML and XSLT, Mm -hmm. Savoy might be good for you. So, in
0: addition to Servoy, what other tools do you think filemaker developers should be looking at? We've talked about some. We've talked about Ruby. I mean, are there other? Uh, what other tricks are in your bag?
1: Well, I used to write like a lot of uh, active server pages (ASP) and JSP. I did some Perl. Um, I've done some Ruby, mm-hmm. but the the problem that I find in all of those things. Uh, including like Flex, for example. I really made a best effort to try to learn that. The basic problem with most of those kinds of tools, in fact all of them, is the fact that you can do simple things very easily. Mm -hmm. But then when you try to attach more complex logic, conditional logic, um, you're aggregating across several tables, all of those kinds of things are still hard to do. They still take a lot of code. They take a lot of debugging. They take a lot of time to figure them out. And the benefit about doing it in Savoy is the fact that, all right, so we've already thought through all this stuff. We, we thought through from the very beginning that, hey, look, you're going to be dealing with multiple databases. You're going to have complex business logic because you're building business applications. And that's what this tool was architected from the very beginning to do is business applications. Right. So other tools in my toolbox, I, that's actually a good question. I don't have too many other tools in my toolbox at this point, personally. Java's too complex. It's like C Sharp. Mm-hmm. Um, VB, yeah, I could still do some VB, except, I mean, it's literally 10 to 50 times more code to do the same thing in, in .NET as it is in Survoy.
0: Yeah, you had a seminar that I watched about – it was comparing VB and .NET to Survoy development, and it was pretty – the conclusions that you were drawing in that made me wonder why anyone would develop in .NET if that was actually all true and if if .NET developers had access to that information, which makes me wonder why Microsoft is a bigger company than you guys are, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, well, I think that, again – Take the FileMaker paradigm, right? So there are some guys that I know that are FileMaker developers, and that's all they ever aspire to be. And it doesn't matter how much they change the tool or if they're forced to learn new you know, technologies like XML or PHP. Mm-hmm. But that's just a tool for them, and, and they're in their comfort zone, and that's the way it is. There's a lot of .NET people out there who have done exactly the same thing.
0: It's a little bit like a religion, isn't it? Like the whole Mac versus PC thing, you know, where you pick a a specific thing. You totally go down the path to learn it. You invest all that effort to get expertise on that one thing. And then you you solve any problem that comes at you. You can use that knowledge to solve that issue. I mean, that's certainly true to a large degree with me and my approach to FileMaker. But I am really trying to get out there and, and look at and learn other things either within FileMaker or different than FileMaker to develop.
1: I think that's extremely healthy because uh what well so what I'm seeing is a is a huge rise in software as a service for example. Yeah, definitely. Also known as SaaS. There's a huge uptick in the number of applications that are being built for rental based model. Okay, so you rent the software per month or per user yeah. or per year.
0: A lot of FileMaker developers subscribe to them, me included. For example, uh, Basecamp from 37signals. That's the people who do Ruby, right? And then uh, bug tracking systems like Fogbugs. I have an account on that. There's a bunch of things like that that do different things that you can do. Salesforce.com is a huge one. Mm -hmm. A lot of companies run their whole business on
1: that. And I think that... um, As you take a look in the space, and if you're a consultant or you're an in-house developer, take a look at where your own businesses are going and how much you use those things. Well, guess what? So are your customers, so are your stakeholders. Mm -hmm. And I think the paradigm is going to be changing here from strictly on-premise to either a hybrid method or software as a service coming out the back end predominantly as the business model for, for the software industry. Uh, The interesting thing about Savoy is that, again, because we track the trends and we see what's going on and we talk to lots of people from all over the world, we have built-in functions in Savoy that do all of the hard parts for you. So one of the hardest parts when you're building a multi-tenant solution or one that can have more than one customer is how do you keep all the data segregated, right? Mm-hmm. And you can do it with complex keys and filtering and all kinds of stuff manually, but that's a lot of work. So what we've done is we've built into the product ways that you can have Savoy automatically filter all the data from every request. So for example, in your solution, if you were to allow the user to do a control F, which, like in FileMaker, blanks the screen and then allows the user to type in data in one or more fields and also to create one or more find requests, mm-hmm. what do you do, right? You would have to intercept that, add their tenant ID to the end, and you know filter their data according to their login rules manually. In Servo, you can literally write one line of code to say, filter all this data by this global value, which could be their tenant ID, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll do that for you automatically the whole session.
0: Actually the way I typically write fine routines in FileMaker, I'm going towards a single field type of a search like Google that yep. puts a lot of extra power in there so the entire process is scripted anyway and the yep. tenant or location ID is one line of code in the FileMaker script that says, you know, only show me data from here. You know, Which so depending is cool. on how you approach it, you can do get the same thing and then you can show results from multiple tables, from you can do a lot of things. I mean you can't do as much as you could do with Google, but you can do a lot.
1: Yeah, and and that's a terrific approach where it becomes a, a little bit more complex is if you have what we call multi-tenant multi-tenant. So you're basically acting like a solution provider like Salesforce. So your tenants, your customers can then have customers of their own. Um, oh, and yeah. also and then
0: okay, you are talking more about multiple different clients totally unrelated on one application without having separate application backends. That's right. I was talking mm-hmm. about something a little bit a little bit uh, different layer. But, I see. But yeah, because in FileMaker, I don't think I'd ever recommend ha- having multiple different clients share one, the same FileMaker database file. If you had multiple customers using the same thing, you would have different data files. I think that would be, I can't well, imagine. Well, that's the way, way I would do it, it in
1: FileMaker as well, but that's yeah. not the way I do it at all with SQL. With SQL, you know, I mean, 20 million, 30 million rows is just starting to get interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's, the speed and performance. Don't scale based on number of rows or how big your physical database is at all. It's mm-hmm. got nothing to do with anything. So there's that that whole
0: it doesn't in FileMaker either, really.
1: Yeah, that whole limit kind of kind of um, kind of evaporates in terms of. Well, I mean, when was the last time you tried to summarize a million rows? Mike, right? My answer to that right? was,
0: why would you ever summarize a million rows?
1: Well, because I want to roll up all of the data from my from my 15 marketing offices across across the world, and I want to get a uh, I don't know a crosstab report of right. how much money they've spent in advertising, broken down and aggregated by office, for example, right? Or I mean, it doesn't have to be a million. Let's do a hundred thousand rows. Yeah.
0: Now you're right. There's certain you know certain things in FileMaker that it doesn't scroll up to, right? So yeah, no, right. Sorting I, so, and yeah, sorting and summarizing a million exactly, records.
1: Exactly. So so if you're gonna sort or, or or summarize, but I mean those are sort of I mean it, it it kind of comes down to the to the what you'll put up with for what you get in exchange, right? Right. So so you'll put up with, okay, so I mean, so for in your data set for your customer, yeah you the sorting, so they get a dialogue box, not that big a deal or or gee, you know that that one report takes a half hour to run, and that's just the way it is. But the yeah. benefits of building stuff in Filemaker may outweigh that.
0: Well, see, in my approach, again, I don't want to get too into the debate thing. I try no, to build okay. I try to build applications in Filemaker so that the user never has to wait more than you know five or ten seconds for anything, and if possible, never never more than one or two seconds. and I, And I believe you can architect your database so that that's true. You can build reports. Um, you, you could use stored procedures that do the really heavy lifting if you've got really um, major data so that you can have a different way to get that data stored and summarized so that when a user wants to get to it, there's no processor-intensive thing that they have to run. They just have to basically go access the data that was pregurgitated, sort of.
1: Right. I'm not trying to suggest that you can't have fast applications in FileMaker because you can. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm not trying to suggest that you can't have large data files in FileMaker because you can. Right. If you're running into challenges where you want all of them, big data sets, more than 250 users, and you're trying to manage this in a in a live like your production setting. I mean, how many times have you have you had to do, you know, imports between files because the GUI is part of the Database even if you use a separation model mm-hmm. when you build it out, you're you're still having to change physical files because your GUI, all your graphic user interface mm-hmm. is commingled with the underlying database itself. Mm-hmm. in Savoy yeah, to it's, some degree.
0: I'd say for ten times I update the interface file, I have to update the data file maybe once, give or take. right. And so, like you can right. update the interface file if you use separation model on a really, really large solution. You can do a complete upgrade, fixing a lot of bugs and adding features in, you know, 10 minutes, even if you've right. got... So you, you just kick your users offline, replace your interface file, open it up, and everybody can get back in.
1: Right, which is good. Right, but the... there are
0: some changes, like if you add tables or if you make a bunch of field changes, that you actually have to, uh, on occasion, you have to import all the data from your original... Your live data file into a new uh, data file, and that's, that's right. much more time-consuming. Hours.
1: Yeah, and and you generally have to do it after 6 p.m. or you know whatever time your customers are done working for the day, because yeah. you have to keep the files offline for some some amount of time. You know, so, how usually, is that
0: particular problem dealt with uh, with Servoy?
1: Good question. So, the way that we deal with it in Servoy is because we have 100 percent separation between the GUI and the and the backend database, is that you don't have to kick anybody off ever. You can literally just put a new version live on the server via your web browser, and you can choose whether you want to force the people to reload it or not. So you can effectively have different versions of your solution that are live on the application server. So you may find a bug fix, so you put it up live, and, oh, gee, you got 50 concurrent users on there, half of them web, let's say, and half of them LAN. And uh, you can just let them be. So then the next time they open the solution, they'll just get the latest version automatically, or you can actually.
0: Well, that kick takes them care off. of the application, but what if you have on your development server, you add some tables or radically change the behavior of certain fields in the live database? For example, you used to have a single field for full name, and now you have a field, first name and last name field, as a mm-hmm. dumb example. Right? So now, if you've got users who are on the live system, they're referencing fields that don't exist or, you know, they, that are very different, and you actually have data implications where what used to be in one field is now in two fields. Mm-hmm, the data, great example. It would, it would break mm-hmm. for the current users if they were using the current version of the application. You have to change the data and the interface at the same time.
1: Inside of Servoy, we we don't let you delete anything ever because you're dealing with SQL databases that may have other interfaces into them, mm-hmm. you know, different applications that have stuff. You can go on the back end and do whatever you want, but we don't let you actually delete anything. It's your voice. So let's pretend, let's take your contact name example Mm -hmm. and break it into first and last. So in my example, I'm going to add first and last and not delete the old one. So now I have two fields, first and last. If people are still entering data into the dirty field, you know, into that, that one that was in the previous version, they mm-hmm. can still continue to do that because the physical database column exists. Um, okay. the new people who are seeing the new application mm-hmm. you would just simply write a uh, two or three line function that would then take the old data and put it into the new into the new stuff, but right. you could do it live so
0: or you could take the database down and have one version of it and force your users to. You know, upgrade, couldn't you? I mean, in that you can particular always force case, people, yes, yeah. yes,
1: of course. I mean, you can always force people off. You can always shut the machine down and do back-end changes and, you know, whatever else you need right. to do.
0: I'm just trying to understand, in that particular case, what would be the optimal way that you would usually do something like that?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you can do a big schema change, chances are good that you'll probably... Uh, well, so so what happens when you import in, in Savoy... So we have a way for you as a developer to be working on something and then you export it out to a file. And the file format is basically a zip file format and it contains XML and it contains the raw image resources that you have in your solution. Mm -hmm. Then you would go to a browser, point to whatever server you want and say, yep, bring in a new version. And so you choose the file and you bring it in. Well, when you do that, any schema changes that you've made are automatically applied to the back-end database, whatever it is, Okay. live. So if you added fields, you added tables, and you built new layouts or forms, as we call them, then as soon as that thing goes live, you have everything on the back-end that's needed to run that version of the application.
0: Cool. So how many users use Savoy right now?
1: We have about 300,000 users. We have over... 10,000 customer sites, about 15,000 developers worldwide. We're in 62 countries.
0: so uh, Wow, that's quite a way bigger than I thought it was going to be.
1: Yeah, it's quite big, and we're only getting bigger. Basically, Savoy has more than doubled every single year that it's been in existence. We just recently got number eight on the FAST-50 in the Benelux region over in Europe, Mm -hmm. and number 51 out of the FAST-500 for EMEA, which is all the rest of the world except North America, basically.
0: Wow. So North America is uh, one area you're not growing as fast
1: as you might be? Well, no, we just weren't included in the survey.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Lloyd & Touche does the survey in in Europe mm-hmm. and you know worldwide, actually.
0: Is your growth in the rest of the world similar to what it is in North America, would yes. you say? Yes. Okay. Oh,
1: yeah. Uh, our business is about 50-50 between Europe and the United States.
0: So what year do you predict you'll be larger than Microsoft? <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> no. well who's, that's Who's, that's who's ever
0: going to be bigger than Microsoft? I don't know if anybody will.
1: <laughs> that's an, always a tricky question, but um, our our goal isn't necessarily to be bigger than Microsoft, just keep putting out better and better products that don't require uh, patches and... Restarts.
0: So, let's see. We've talked about a lot of different aspects of this and gotten pretty deep into some of it. Is there anything else that you wanted to uh, to mention?
1: I think the key thing, and you brought it up earlier, Matt, mm-hmm. is that people keep an open mind, not just in terms of FileMaker versus Savoy, but in continually improving and taking a look at what's happening in the business and technology landscape, and then adding tools or removing tools from their tool belt as appropriate. Because if the only thing you've got in your tool belt is a hammer, everything appears as a nail.
0: <laughs> that's funny. I think I've heard that before, but it's true.
1: I've certainly found it to be true, and that's, that's part of the fun in life. Is The world is going to keep changing, and you can either change with it, or uh, wake up one day driving a 1969 Volkswagen Bug. It's a classic. It works good. <laughs> but uh, it doesn't have gps or airbags. Well, you can put gps in your bug. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. But the airbags no, or the uh, proper seat belts and yeah. Mhm. So thanks very much for your time.
1: Matt, thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it.